Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, you guys. Welcome to Steel Wars. I'm comedian Steel Saunders, and I do love Star Wars. And each week we talk to someone of interest about it. And on today's episode, we continue our series of Mandalorian chit-chats, breaking down and reviewing the program. And on today's episode, I believe we've got the original four teamed up again. Disney, this is what we wanted. From the Blue Harvest podcast, we've got Horst Burkhart. Hey, glad to be back. From... The Canto Bite Dispatch. From angry, surly New York. The very disgruntled Emily Lind. Hi, Steele. Hi. How, how are you doing? I'm a bit scathed after your last podcast, but um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm picking up the pieces. I'm picking up the pieces. You went very hard. And returning... As he uh, told us, just for the Filoni episodes, which is very ironic, we have got in New Jersey, Robbo. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, Steele. Glad to be back. That is great. And I I sort of, I I feel like I had to have Robbo on because of his negative reaction. He he did DM me just saying, you like this one, didn't you? Like, accusingly. (laughs) (laughs) And Hawes texted me because he was like, "Buddy, have you seen this one yet?" He just w- and and then I I watched it, texted him, I gave him like a text commentary, and then rang him, and we just went buck wild. So I I, I feel like um, we've got the the good of Hawes, the evil of Robbo, the Skeletor. Oh, and if you if you're not watching on YouTube, if you're just listening to the podcast, Robbo. Because he's Robbo, he has as his um, screen. It's it's naked skeletal lying down. Everyone else has their moving faces, but um, and I feel like Emily and I are just here to eat popcorn while um, we see a, a, a timeless battle between good and evil. Robbo, how have you been enjoying the episodes up to this? You were on the first episode, then we, we sort of got into a bit of a, a, bit of a bounty hunt, hunting arc, and uh, then the, uh, the Seven Samurai episode. How, how have you been digging it? Yeah, um, so, yeah, I guess I, my favorite one so far has been episode two. I absolutely love, and I still, uh, it's like one of my favorite Star Wars things I've seen in a long time. I don't know why, um, because it's such a... Um, it's such like a simple episode. It's very short, right? So, and then uh, the episode three, I kind of liked it up until like the jetpack thing at the end, because that's not that's not how jetpacks work. And <laughs> how would you it, know? Because you can't, like, unless you have wings, you're not going to be able to tilt forward. 
Like it bothered me when Star Lord did it too with the jet boots. I hate that. Like that doesn't make any sense. But anyway, um, admittedly, I agree with you. I I sort of feel like the jetpack should be like little, just little boosts, like little moon jumps, not like Iron Man style. That's what Boba Fett's was. It was just like a thing that allowed him to like kind of quickly move from from you know kind of leap higher, which made sense because it's. What, where, where, where do you stand on Django Fett's use? I don't remember what he did with it. When he when he fought Ben Kenobi in the rain. Oh, that was a cool fight. Um, I guess I remember really liking that fight, so I guess it was okay. I, I mean, I like no. He he used a couple of his like special things, right? In that, so he used the grappling hook, and um, he used the the rocket pack. And did he use his flamethrower in that fight? I think he saved the flamethrower for Camino, but he used his, like, but he used his he, son. Oh yeah, that was great. <laughs> I forgot about that. Get him, pa, or whatever he said. Okay, what a great idea that was. Um, so, but you've been, but you've been, yeah. Go, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, the Seven Samurai episode. Um, I, I mean, I felt like it went kind of fast. It felt like there was about twenty minutes of stuff that should have been in there. If you're going to do that kind of story and do it with very little difference, I felt like that one was kind of just seemed a little bit, but it wasn't like a bad episode of television. So I like that one too. And uh, then then we get to which one is this one? Five? Episode five. I, I'm not sure if I introduced Robo properly. I just went straight into it because I was so excited. But uh, he's from the uh, Hardcore Gaming 101 podcast and the Robo Report on the Steel Wars Patreon and and from disgruntled DMs in my Twitter account. Would you like go ahead and turn into content? That's not how DMs work, Steel. Like I... oh, you, you, you actually have no idea how Twitter works. DMs are the, the best content I've found. Okay. Now, um, we've got a lot of things to cover about this uh, surprisingly, for me, controversial episode or mixed episode. I, I came out glowing. I was a very happy 12-year-old boy. Um, the, the big mystery, which we'll cover later on, is, is who is at the end? And from Hawes and my discussions, why it has to be. Someone that I'm pointing at on YouTube right now who's who's sitting next to me in toy form. Just because of what they've done. If 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 it's not that, then I I feel like they're being mean to whores. Am I right, whores? Buddy, I just gotta say how proud I am that somehow I was able to convince Deal your Snoke Theory suck Saunders of this. Like Yesterday, when I texted you and was like, hey, would you mind giving me a call once you see the new episode of The Mandalorian? I was sitting here thinking, going, oh, he's going to tell me I'm crazy. He's going to be like, nah, there's no way. I No, I I think it's, um, you're crazy like a fox, buddy. Crazy (laughs) like a fox. I can't believe it. To who it's going to be. But, um... Let, let's get our initial feelings on the episode. I, I ran off giddy. I was... I... I was just so delighted. I was so delighted that it was all a surprise. I, I was sort of pretty keen for that end of episode next week sort of thing, and they hadn't been doing that. But now I am 
I, I, I don't need that at all because to get the surprise that they went to Moss Eisley, I was just, I was just thrilled. Uh, Emily, how did you find the app? I've I've had a bad Star Wars week. Um, I didn't I didn't hate this episode, but it's got some problems in terms of the the script and the acting and the directing. <laughs> uh, I really. Really, really liked Amy Sedaris, and I can't believe Amy Sedaris was in Star Wars. That's awesome. She was great, and that horrible wig she's in was wonderful. And I liked her calling out that the Mandalorian is the worst babysitter ever. But uh, I feel bad because if if Hawes wasn't on this episode, I would feel a lot more like. I, no, don't worry about me. Say what you want to say. Don't worry about me. Go. I mean, for I don't. It. I don't care about hurting steel feelings. Obviously. Well, well that's what I, I. That's what I was going to say. Just like think about me and and ruining my parade, <laughs> and and just Hawes is just like collateral damage on the way through. There's wow. some stuff here I really like, but I also feel that it it felt the the cheapest of any of the episodes so far and the most like, Hey, I'm watching an episode of, of like procedural television and not what should be a tight eight episode series of something. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Cause a lot of people have been like, it didn't like further the story, but what, what even is the story? Like, well, like, like what's his goal? Here's the thing. Like I'm, I'm okay with not furthering the story and like not necessarily finding out any more about Baby Yoda or whatever. If if this had been like a deep dive into the Mandalorian's character or something like that, so I don't I don't like the like to use the term filler as some dismissive thing because I think you can take a break from your main plot and take a breath. I just I don't. For me, this episode didn't seem to accomplish anything. Hmm. Except, except make so many references to things that are on Tatooine that I felt like I was reading the Wikipedia episode for uh, entry for Tatooine. Yeah, like I wouldn't want an episode like this every episode, but just for like one standalone, here's just a big platter of service. It's all you can eat. Eat it up. There's a Jewback. There's a um, like a a treadwell droid, just just lap it up. I, I it was just delight after delight, and I just kept thinking that like if I somehow got to see this when I was twelve, I would it would like this is my like this is twelve year old me's favorite episode. Robbo, how how would twelve year old you take this? What an interesting question. We'd probably better hear from Hawes first. Hawes? Um, I think 12-year-old me would be pretty stoked. I mean, it's Tatooine. Like, I get it. Nobody wants to keep going back to Tatooine. Thinks Tatooine's overused. But that was pretty cool to see. Like, we can at least admit that, right? Oh, 
was excited to see Tatooine. It's just okay. like by the time we got to the Baker's Canyon reference at the end, I'm like, yeah, I get, I know where we are. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I that that stuff normally bugs me. But I was just like, I don't know. They just got me drunk. They got me drunk on references. <laughs> And then I was just like, yeah, more shots. Woo! It's, it's, it's 1977. Let's live it up. I, I did one reference that I thought, and I think I talked about this to Hawes on the phone. I didn't like that in one of the earlier episodes, the Mandalorian had used Womprat and then Amy Sedaris used Womprat as well. I, I feel like they should have saved the reference for her to say as she was on Tatooine. But then I think Hawes said... It seems like he must have been on Tatooine before. Was he heading to Tatooine in the first place? Because I think that's a big thing for people, like a hurdle for people to jump. Is like, why Tatooine? Like, do, do you guys think that's where he was heading? And because it, it kind of makes sense, because you come out of a hyperspace, then you get attacked. Uh, right. what, what do you think, Robbo? Uh, like, yeah, how it, it, the the cold open where he's just being attacked by. The guy in the spaceship you can barely see. Um, yeah, I guess he had to be. He he didn't really go very far, so he must have been going to Tatooine in the first place, which is weird. Because it's at, he acts it, the the show makes it seem like he's got to go there for because he he was his ship was damaged, but he was like right outside the planet. It's like, you know what I mean? It, it's like. Uh, It's like getting a flat tire outside of a Wendy's and then you're like, oh, better go to Wendy's. No, you're already going to Wendy's and then you got yeah, a flat exactly. tire. So, it's like, so you don't have to – so you wouldn't say, oh, I got to go to Wendy's. You'd just be like, well, I'm, I got a flat tire, but I'm right where I need to be. So might as well <laughs> eat at Wendy's first. <laughs> Maybe I'll walk in instead of driving in. You know, the whole episode ha- had about that much urgency to it for me. That's what it felt like. Is, uh, <laughs> I I cannot believe how many months Dave Filoni must have had to write this. And it's like he did it on the bus on his way to work. <laughs> like he was running out of time. And he's like, oh, what do I do? Could you imagine being on the bus and the guy in front of you is like scribbling this Star Wars fiction with a cowboy hat on? I bet he was writing pages mostly like wolf doodles. <laughs> Like Ahsoka Filoni. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, No, because I don't want to like, look, I don't know the guy. (laughs) And if I ever met him, I wouldn't want him to have heard some of the stuff I say about his directing ability and writing ability because I would feel bad. I don't. But at the same that said, like, I don't grade Star Wars on a curve. You don't get an A for effort or just because you're a big fan like you better be the best at what you're doing. And, and he, he's just not like it's, this is this whole episode. This is, I mean, like, like I, I'm curious why uh, Emily saw it was the cheapest looking one. Cause I felt the same way, but I bet we have different reasons for that. Well, I mean, first, the first thing that made me go, uh Oh, was in the cold open when he kills that guy. And that goes into the scream, and the visual there was really weird. 
it looked like Rebel Assault. Do you remember Rebel Assault? Oh, do I? But it was I, Rebel Assault. I think um, what happened was they changed, like it was like from behind, and then the explosion was in front. Like the you didn't know, but the camera had changed, and the ship went through, and it was just like, yeah, it, the, the the staging of the space battle, like the explosion, like that shot was like confusing and like sort of jarring you out of the moment. That was some rebels ass shit right there is what that was. That's what it looked like to me. <laughs> the good old rebels ass shit. So uh, it starts off uh, in space above Moss Eisley. They're having a, a bit of a dog fight. Um, I, I was quite at a horse. I'm interested in your take on um, the other guy saying, I'm taking you in. What is it? Warm or cold or what is, what is the little uh, Boba face? Boba face, Mandalorian. Uh, I can take you in warm or I can take you in cold. That's the one. And um, I instantly thought that was like like a meme among bounty hunters. They all use that catchphrase, and I was like, oh, this is so whack. Reminded me of like a like an eighties action movie moment you know what i'm saying yeah like something about it seemed it reminded me a little of like die hard or re- big trouble in little china or something and maybe that's kind of why i liked it to be honest <laughs> <laughs> um and then he announces like he gets he hears from moss eisley control whatever and my ears like i'm watching this on a friday morning i'm i'm, I'm pretty uh just nonchalant about it and then i hear moss eisley and i look at the planet and it's that same angle from a new hope and then those shots of um death valley you know from you know the the ledge where he goes a wretched hive of scum and villainy and then and then the the picture of where i've actually traveled out to on death valley the the salt flats where moss eisley is i was like the fact that i like I feel like if I had known this was on Moss Eisley and I had a like next week on the Mandalorian and saw all that, like my experience would have been far worse, but I was frothing. I, I couldn't believe it, it, you, this you, was happening. You couldn't believe they went back to Tatooine, the one planet that's supposedly the butt crack of the galaxy that everything happens on. Oh, I was excited about it too. I like would my, be if every single thing in Star Wars didn't go like you get a Star Wars video game. I guarantee you, you're going to Tatooine, whether you want to or not. And that's what this whole. Th- okay, sorry. Go ahead, Emily. I I shouldn't have interrupted. No, no. That I was just going to. I just wanted to say it's not. It's not just steel. There. I was like the first thing I did because I was watching it. Like I DM'd our buddy Chris Fresh and was like, "Oh my God, they're on Tatooine!" And I don't know why I was excited about it, but I was. Yeah, I just felt a warm embrace. I, I was, it, it was just, I, I was just delighted. Like I don't even, like, like going into um, the Rise of Skywalker. I'm sort of thinking about like things that if they happen, then I don't care what else happens in the movie. And like this was just like just to get a surprise Tatooine, and then he lands in one of those circular docking bays. And I, I have to say, the effects on that Razor Crest landing. Very good. Like one of the like I always find in Star Wars landing ships are hard 
to get right. And yeah. the, way, the way it compressed and there was sort of like the ripples from the hot air and stuff, oh, very good. Robbo, can you, yeah. can you at least acknowledge that for me? Yeah, I mean – yeah, it looked good. Like that was that was one of the better looking effects in the in this episode. Um, and yeah, it's hard. To, I think it's hard to, to make that look right because there's like a weight issue where part of your brain knows that it's a weightless animation that has no physical presence. But then at the same time, you're like, it's huge. It must be really, really heavy. And I think it's a hard thing for somebody to animate because you've got to it's got to look like some realistic th- thing that never, ever happened. Right. Like no, nothing on earth would land that way. Mm, mm. You know what I mean? So it's a hard, it's a hard thing to, to do, which is why I think most movies don't show it happening. Um, and then after it lands, we're greeted with pit droids, <laughs> pit droids, the entire George Lucas saga is getting a, a giant hug. It was, did anyone share my pit droid glee? I was pretty excited about the Petroids. I'm not going to lie. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, it just... I didn't expect them to pull that out, you know? Like, in the first few minutes of the uh, the episode, them going back to Tatooine was a pretty big surprise. But, I, you know, and then along with that comes certain things you kind of expect to possibly show up. Petroids was the furthest from my mind. Yeah, I was just... I don't know. I don't think about Petroids that often. But mm-hmm. but I was like like back in the day like you'd be trying to collect those the Hasbro ones and the, there was different shades and they'd they'd fold down I, I was I was very happy to see pit droids and I'm a bit conflicted in the Star Wars universe like the Mandalorians like no droids you know and and this whole story is going to come out with um, the super battle droids and you know like it just seems like droidism in star wars it's not frown it's just like oh yeah fair yeah oh yeah say no more oh you don't like droids mm, mm, mm. like it's not like it's not questioned like it, i mean it's it's it's, I, it's the good old good old south down there in star wars well don't need to be drawn parallels here but um i would say, like that's what i like about that because it it sets up this contrast with luke like Luke Skywalker is the only person in the galaxy who treats droids like people. Nobody else does. Nobody. Except, I guess, maybe Poe and BB-8. But it's that's more like a dog, you know. He like gives him belly rubs and stuff. I feel, so like, I, I feel like in the prequels they were, you know, Padme was pretty nice to all the droids. What? Padme. She was nice to C-3PO. Now, like, you need, like, there needs to be, like, it's it's all in the the way that like look, wait, one of my favorite little moments in the last jedi is when uh luke and r2 meet up oh and i mean that's a lot of people's favorite moment but i love it because that is the movie's hint that luke is really just being he, he's being he's trying to make like disgust ray into leaving and so like he he's being as as uncle owen as he can be but when he He's on the Falcon. He sees R2. He can't disguise who he really is to R2 because R2 is as human to him as anybody. And so it's, he's immediately the real Luke Skywalker once again. And I, it, it like it, everything. Is, so I love that kind of thing. And I don't know. I, I hope this show does something with the droid hatred that 
justifies all the it's, they've got to be building to something but um yeah it's weird though because it's like it doesn't seem to be like a virulent hatred he just doesn't want them touching his stuff which i don't to me if like you really hated like what is it like dogs or something <laughs> like you'd be like get that dog away from me right you've been around people like this right yeah but if it was like hey you're gonna walk off and your dog's gonna fix your ship for you i'd be like okay well go for it dog do <laughs> you think dogs i mean Those- if, if dogs had destroyed my planet and killed my family i don't know how i would react to dogs i, I just don't think it would be like i don't want I, I, you know i don't but, want those but- droids working on my ship but like, okay, like, what if I can't believe I'm keeping all this metaphor? If Doberman Pinchers destroyed your planet, and then there's a little like Chihuahua, you wouldn't necessarily like virulently hate the Chihuahua. You would just not want it around you. I don't know. To me, that would be like a perfectly kickable uh, stand-in for the Ooh. Dobermans. Like, you can't fight a Doberman, but you could punt a Chihuahua. Can, can I ask Emily if if Dobermans do destroy my planet? Then when I see the Chihuahua, what planet am I on? A Chihuahua planet? Yeah, I'd be pretty chill with the Chihuahua then if it's his planet. Like, do you know what I mean? But that's just me. Now, I, I saw a frame grab of Amy Sedaris on Twitter before I watched the episode. And I was like, this looks brutal. Like that wig. It's so bad. But... She, she kills it in in a a real good bit of the Star Wars holiday special way. Like it, it's such a bizarre. Robo, was that a was that a sigh of disbelief from you? No, it, it's more like it just finally clicked with me what the first dogfight scene was like. It's like the beginning of a new holiday special, and then when they land and Amy Sedaris is going full Rhea Perlman. Um, it's like, it, it just, that's it. That's what it seemed like. It seemed like the intro, like scene, like a cold open to the, to a new star Wars holiday special, except it was some episode you're expected to take seriously as a story. So he, uh, makes the deal, says he'll get some more cash and then walks out onto Tatooine and take my breath away. I was when he walked out into that laneway and you could see all the buildings and stuff, bravo. I, I, it's so, like, I'm just, on this episode, just happily pandered to me. I am, I, I, I'm into it. Hawes, what did you think of uh, the, the, the whole Tatooine, the, the walk to the cantina? Um, I, I loved it. it it's, but it's so, it's so, it's nothing. Like, it's so... You just like it because of nostalgia. Yes. Yes. I mean, absolutely. There's no way around that. I thought it was kind of um, empty feeling, you know, especially when you compare it to Navarro, you know, the planet we see several times in this um, series and how busy it seems. Uh, And then, like... um, we were kind of talking on Blue Harvest this week and like maybe it was because maybe Tatooine in general is not as busy because the huts aren't around and there aren't bringing sort of that criminal enterprise constantly to and fro. Yeah, that, that was sort of like the thing I had in my head that, you know, maybe 
the end of the Empire wasn't that kind to Tatooine in that a lot of it's like the economy was based around sort of Empire-based crime. And, and of course, if, um, you know, you had the big don of the uh, region living in your area, there'd be a lot of money pouring in. But, yeah, it was sort of um, interestingly desolate, especially compared to... Um, George Lucas's special edition version of, of yeah, Tatooine. And, and then like to finally see where those storm like those stormtrooper helmets were on mm-hmm. the spikes, which we've seen in like every trailer for this show, and that actually turns out to be Tatooine, I thought was kind of neat. But my favorite little detail about that, uh, with the the stormtrooper helmets is to me that says in Return of the Jedi. When and this is the special edition, but at the end when they showed that big celebration on Tatooine with like the Skyhopper flying overhead, if you just pan to the left or right a little bit, there are citizens in the streets murdering stormtroopers <laughs> and putting their helmets on. <laughs> like it's it's literally there's an announcement in Tatooine and they're like, hey, uh, just so everybody knows, the Emperor's dead. Uh, the Empire fell and like everybody gets real quiet and like slowly and turns and looks at the stormtroopers and they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> the Emperor was what made our guns work. <laughs> Cantina. Come on. When he walked. Oh, Robo. Buddy. Is there anything you appreciated about him walking into the Cantina? I like that there was no like a uh, blaster scoring mark on the wall where Greedo shot in that fake scene. <laughs> you didn't even like the like the new alien species. I thought, uh, like- yeah, no, actually, I loved the uh, the 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 bug guy and the frog guy. Yeah, that was cool. I also like that it looked like he was getting there right when the, after it opened. And these are like the real winos in town. Right, they're like oh, oh, they're open. They're wait- waiting for the thing to oh, open. Yeah. Ah, because I took that as like. This is sort of a dead like this used to be an epicenter of like illegal business, the cantina, and now that it's like not happening anymore, it was sort of it's it's pretty dead. But um Yeah Yeah, go for it, Horse. I love the detail of and it's what it's something you don't really even notice. Well, maybe, uh, until like you start putting stuff together, but as he walks through the door the droid detector's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. And then there's a droid working at the bar and droids hanging out in the bar. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's a little too on the nose for some people, but I like that. I thought that was a neat little change and, and stuff. Yeah. I, I thought like it was, I don't know how they're going to like talk about the changes. Like it, it's, it's sort of my hope that they, after they wrap up the series, they then do another series of bonus you know, features every week so we can keep watching stuff. But I kind of liked that things had changed and they didn't point it out. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, there's droids in here now. Not when I was here last time. Like, I, I sort of just like it was left up to the um, the, the viewer to take that in. And the, and the, the old um, 8D8s with the little mouth which i uh I, I very much appreciate how cool was it that um the giant cricket still there drinking after all these years that the barney gumball of star wars <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
You must have loved. You didn't close the place. I never leave. <laughs> <laughs> did you enjoy seeing giant cricket, Robo? Yeah, I did. Um, I lo- look anytime Star Wars wants to bring back more like rubber suit prop aliens. I am down. Uh, so I did like that, and I mean, but I the whole empty town thing. It's like it was. A, like a lot more bustling even in the the theatrical proper version of of those scenes like can't they hire some extras like what is going this isn't like an animated show where you got to like shuffle around like the same three crates and four yeah you know, extra I, character like you've got a budget yeah but when i i think the story is that it's kind of dead now because do you know what i mean when, you, when but on the other planet they had like they had lots of people so it's not like they didn't have the money or the know-how to, right, to exactly. put in. Why didn't they just do – because the thing is, is if 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 they were doing that, I was expecting when I saw how dead it was everywhere, I'm like, that must be a part of like – that must be a part of the the, sto- the story of this episode. You're going to learn like what happened. Well, I thought it was the underlying part of the story. But the- there's nothing – like there's nothing obvious that would happen to Tatooine after – the huts died or after uh, the empire fell because you really didn't see like, it seemed like the empire had like 10 stormtroopers stationed there permanently. And that's it. And they just kind of occasionally knock on people's doors and check people's paperwork as they come into town. <laughs> it wasn't like they were like really like tearing the place apart like Jeddah. Right. So I didn't really under, like, I just, it seemed like there was like it would be world building if it built anything, but it doesn't actually do anything in the story. Mm. And then you just leave at the end. It's like, well, what's the point of it? Like either it's like if it's different, like you, there should be some aspect of the story that even hints at what happened. Like, like you don't have to. I, I get what you're saying, though. Like, it's at least it's not like, wow, this place sure has but changed. It, but like, it, that would suck. But no, but, but like. It did play into the story because 8D8, that's not 8D8, said, you know, the guild doesn't operate here anymore. Like, this isn't... Like, do you know what I mean? Like, things had changed. So, what the hell? Like, the Bounty Hunters Guild has, like, like territory? Where they're like, oh, you can't get a bounty there. Why wouldn't every person who's got a bounty on their head just go to Tatooine where there's no, like, work? Well, I think where they, nobody I, can follow it's, you. It's, it seems like they did, Robbo. It seems like they did. Well, yeah, I yeah. think that... I don't think that it's that you can't collect a bounty there. I think it's kind of like um, the bounty hunter guild doesn't have like an office there. Or oh, okay. Guild. So there's no like Carl Weathers of, of Moss right. Isley who's there That's like handing I, out pucks and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's just not where they hang out anymore. They moved their clubhouse. Okay. All right. So you can't go there looking for work. This isn't like the Union Hall type place. Okay. I get it. I get it. Okay. That makes sense. Okay, okay. Now, meantime, meanwhile, Amy Sedaris is uh, playing cards with her pit droids, which I thought was very, uh, oh, Robbo. Have you, have you no sense of fun? Robbo, that's her treating them like people. Yeah, I know. That, I mean, it's, I'm saying that that was what made it kind of the, the, the droid racism kind of special is because it was what separated Luke from everybody else, that what showed you had like the purest heart. So when Amy Sedaris also is, I don't know, look. Oh, don't like, oh, oh I don't, so you don't like it because it spoils your theory, your special theory about Luke no, Skywalker. It's, not a theory. it's more like just like a, in a term of, in terms of like what makes Luke, one of the things that there's your hint that Luke is special. It doesn't really change it. I'm just saying like, it's it normally, but I'm sure there's other characters who like. Padme. I mean, Very nice C-3PO. Very nice. But um, she's playing cards. 
and then there's the noise. It's it's it's, it's Baby Yoda, Yoju, if you will. And um, like real life, once someone finds out you've got a baby with you, things get real easy. People want to help you out. I just I I, I don't want to brag, but I do. But um, my little Yoju got me upgraded to business class for 14 hours the other day on a plane. Nice. So, um, <laughs> Robbo. Never happened to me. Robbo's angry about this in the episode <laughs> now. This is the worst. This is the worst. I, I, that's all I wanted out of, out of like, if I said, I was remember telling my wife's like, yeah, this is going to suck. It's a long plane flight. He's really little. But I bet you will get some like sweet comps out of this. No, we got extra animal crackers. That's what we got. Dude. Thank you. Thank you for the extra animal crackers I could have gotten by just getting up. All right, Robbo. I don't want to rub it in. I do. But um, I got got taken up to this secret lounge room. Do you know planes have lounge rooms with red couches and TVs? And we no. Just, yeah, we just went up there and hung out. It was amazing. And then at the, at the end of the flight, the stewardess goes, we don't just do this for anyone. And I'm like, that's the way it should be. As, so is, I, as left, is the way. That's what I should have said. When you left, did you just leave your baby there? Just on the plane? <laughs> no. While you wouldn't did other things? No. How do I, you get to I, the lounge? Where are they hiding the staircase? Well, you go th- through first class and then up. There's a staircase and then... Like next to the staircase is this little lounge room. Amazing. Amazing uh, lounge room. I felt like um like George Costanza in that Seinfeld episode. You know, when he goes to the, the models the, nightclub. Yeah. The Forbidden City or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um he's talking to eighty eight, who's not eighty eight, about um getting some work. And then 
all callbacks, all shout outs. It's just like at least they had an original character sitting there. Pause. Does my Dash Render theory suck? Uh, I mean, buddy, I think we might be the alone on this island, but it would have delighted me if it Actually, was Dash Render. It would have been so silly. Like I don't mind Star Wars getting a little silly sometimes, and if they made that Dash Rendar, because I'll tell you my reaction to seeing that guy the minute he started talking, I turned to Jesse and said, "Oh, I hope this guy dies." Yeah, I, I didn't think things were going to end too well for him either way. I, I had the way I was sort of thinking um, for a fair bit through it, I thought that he'd already teamed up with um, what was the other, be- the, the real dangerous bounty hunter's name, am I? Shand. Shand. Fennec. Fennec Shand. Fennec Shand, yeah. Um, I thought they'd already teamed up. And it was like a plot to get the Mandalorian out there to get him as a bounty. So, Oh, you thought something interesting was going to happen. See, <laughs> your imagination just did the work that uh, the bus trip didn't do. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I like how I mistakenly make the uh, the episode better. But yeah, you I th- trip over better ideas than this show, like this episode ever has like that's what i'm saying well see now i want to like decry the episode to make my ideas seem so good now that i know that i'm a uh, a storytelling genius so mm, mm. i mean that's all I didn't say genius like I, I just said it was a better idea than oh Man- mando goes to tatooine sees everything we've ever seen from tatooine from the exact same angles oh my god that's a bit i, I like I like that. It's the entire episode. It's not a bit, Steel. It is the episode. It is. No, that's not fair. There's also lots of this terrible Zac Efron wannabe Toro dude. I was thinking Zac Braff, but yeah, you got to, yeah, Zac Efron. That's true. All right. He was. All the Zacs. terrible. Hawes, are you going to come to um, Toro's defense? No, oh, I don't. I don't like him. Like, I didn't think he was a good act. Like, this is going to be a place where we split steel. Like, he was the worst part of the episode to me. And, like, I just spent the next 30 minutes waiting for this dude to die. Well, I, I, I've, I've, obviously, I know about the bad reaction they've had to, to this, this guy's character and his acting. But I kind of thought, like, he was playing a dick and he was acting well. And he did have a couple good deliveries, I thought. Huh? Like when he says, look, when he like admits, like, look, it's my first job. Like that was a pretty good, like I felt like he sold that part. And that kind of got me. He's like, okay, you're supposed to kind of hate this guy. Like he sucks and he's a poser. Like, Well, now, I, now I'm going to swap sides and say that wasn't actually one of the lines. That was just like one of the takes didn't go well. And he was like sort of saying, <laughs> hey, this is my first job, man. Like. Like he's talking about acting, not about bounty hunting. So he's breaking yeah. the, breaking the fourth wall. But I I don't know. I just the sucks on purpose argument is always bugs me. No, I I, I'm not saying I'm not saying it sucks on purpose. <laughs> I'm just saying that people like like people don't like the character, and he was never meant to be liked. Oh, I don't think I'm supposed to like the character. I think he's supposed to be a dick and was also a bad actor or a 
not particularly skilled actor who didn't have a director strong enough to get a good performance out of him. Now, this is how I picture it went down. So, um, if you could just, uh, like, did you see Star Wars? Do, do, do what Han Solo did. Action. Is that your Filoni impression? Sounds pretty good, right? I have no idea what he sounds like. Because <laughs> basically, well, I mean, it was basically a George Lucas impression. Yeah, but just a little pitched a little higher. That was that was what I was going for. Yeah. All right. It's like it's like Kermit the Frog, like like before he hit puberty. He's he's bad. Still. I, I don't know. What, I don't know what Dave Filoni sounds like. So please, I don't. I'm not. I am picking on him, but it's. I'm sorry. He's a bad actor. His dad's good. He sucks. Oh, what is his dad in? I mean, he was just in The Irishman. Oh, who? Who? He was the butcher guy. The one who, who Robert De Niro originally gets the meat for. Ah, uh, okay. Interesting. Now, drop me to make the episode better. Especially you, Robbo. I mean, I might not watch it again, so go ahead. Okay. What about this? Toro's in the bar. The droid comes up to give him a drink, and the droid spills it on him. And in a like a flustered panic, he goes, McClunky. Why can't they just leave that poor movie alone? I don't understand. <laughs> Why? What did it ever do to you except make you rich? <laughs> so now do you think the episode's better than it could have been? <laughs> and I got to say, someone shared a picture of this guy, this actor, on Twitter that did not help me like him anymore. It was one of the cringiest Instagram photos I've ever seen. In what way? Like, Posing with a dead lion on safari. Um, like. <laughs> it, I'll just I'll send it to you guys. Like I don't know even how to explain it, but I saw it and I was like, "Oh, this! Oof, I don't like this cat." I, I mean, I, he he was doing I think what he was told to do, and it doesn't help that he looks like every guy who ever picked on you in high school. Like for, for that, real. That, you know what I mean? Like, and I mean like the Royal you, I'm not, I don't know in particular anybody's life here, but like, I'm guessing that none of us escaped totally unscathed. So I just, that doesn't help either. And like, actually now I'm thinking about it. If it were dash Rendar and he were just totally jobbed out like that, I would probably love that. If they made dash Rendar suck that bad and just be like this want to be like bootleg Han Solo who's like trying to do it and like it, I don't know whether it would have made the episode I, I love it how you're saying if they made Dash Rendar this want to be Han Solo dude no just like you're you 25 nailed. years too late for that call no I mean of course but like I'm saying like if if that's what you do to the character you just completely assassinate it um that would I mean I don't know whether that would make the episode any better but I think that I would at least find that funny you know well, what, actually, I take back what I said about this actor. He was on Nurse Jackie for a while and was actually pretty good. So I'm putting most of the blame on Dave Filoni. Oh. Okay, so we're in a Hayden Christensen territory where yeah. he can act, but 
he needs direction and mm-hmm. didn't have a director. All right. I'm, I'm looking I'm, – I'm trying to get some pro-Toro um, action here. What about the face he makes at Amy Sedaris holding baby Yoda? He sort of does this like I, – I loved it. I didn't notice anything. That's, I wonder what he does. When they, what, um, do you do? what kind of face? Oh, he sort of just like just does this weird eyebrow raise when they're like they go out of the gate and he's got those two speeder bikes or swoop bikes or whatever you want to call them there, and he sort of goes to Amy Sarah. He's, he's sort of like like howdy, ma'am, or something, and he sort of then looks at Baby Yoda or Yoju, if you will, and go and sort of just goes <sighs> like I. I, I just like that he that he blew off the Yoju. And it also set the thing for later on when um they're talking about I oh, hear he's got a baby and he so he knows it's like that Mandalorian helps make his decision process. So a good bit of a good little slight plot development. I, I felt like he did do for all your criticisms, which are many, um he did do a few good things to like seal up the plot, the 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 how Toro smashed the fob and said he memorized the information. I, I thought that was a good little bit of he memorized the blinking dot. It doesn't give uh, you any information. It's a metal detector. What are those things? Yeah, they've not done a good job with that. <gasps> as as I was saying, I thought that was a good part of the episode. Hawes, help me, help me, Hawes, buddy. Uh, once again, I. This is so confusing to me because I don't – what information can he have all in his head given what we've seen of how those things work so far in the show? That was confusing to me. Like I, I like the character detail of him doing that, but the actual like logistics of it, I just don't yeah. see how – But I just find anything gadgety like that in Star Wars – Best not to question it too much. Like Qui-Gon Jinn had that lady shaver that was like an intercom that also took blood sample. Like it, what is this device? I don't need like an in-depth scientific explanation of how it works. I, I would like to know at least what it is actually tracking. I don't understand why you even need bounty hunters in this world where you can get a device like a garage door opener that will just like it, it will just detect them like, oh, getting warmer, getting warmer. Like, why would you even need bounty hunters? The whole point of a bounty hunter is to find somebody who is difficult to find. Yeah, but then you've got to get them. Like, you can't just go up and say, oh, I, I know where you Horatio are. Horatio Sands was not a hard target, Steel. He basically just walked with them onto the ship. Like, it, it, there's nothing. There's no point. It's th- I don't understand what they do. They don't even solve a problem within the show. I enjoyed. <laughs> you just like seeing something get smashed. Um, I, I, I like the little swoop bikes going over the desert. It sort of looked... I, and I know... Um, Robbo won't enjoy this, but I enjoyed how bad it kind of looked. And I, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I felt like my little Shadows of the Empire comic was coming to life. I, um... <laughs> Are you okay, Robbo? Oh, I'm so glad my camera is not on. <laughs> All right. Now, 
come on, Robbo. Give me the Tusk. <sighs> give me the Tuscan Raider scene. Okay, I love that. Yes, I love that. So this is again like I don't want to say like okay. So Dave Filoni not ready for prime time. I've established that in my opinion, but I, I'm sure he's done plenty. That, 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 that's why of I watch cartoon work. That's why but I watched it at ten thirty in the morning. That's why I watched it. He must have written this, and it was a really good little scene because it establishes something about the character of the Mandalorian, who we still haven't seen his face, but we're learning a lot more about what kind of person he really oh, is. Oh, hey, hey, let's not complain about not seeing someone's face, buddy. Oh, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, like, you're learning stuff about him little, you know, little bits at a time, and what you're learning about him is like, oh, actually, he's probably been successful in his job because he's, like, is capable of looking at things from other people's points of view, and, like, he understands a little bit about how, like, you know, it's kind of, it's you know, like he. I love that he was just like, oh no, these people. This is how you communicate with them. I I, I got this. Yeah, I I sort of think like, uh, like to be a bounty hunter, understanding people's point of view would really help, like with negotiations and and, and dealing and diplomacy, and just knowing where they went. I mean, if you don't have the human metal detector, like you'd have to actually think, like, okay, if I were this person, where would I go? Right. Well, That's also, supposed to be yeah. I also just like that. We're seeing the Tuscan Raiders not as just like savages, but somebody you could actually communicate with and if you try, have... right? Yes, <laughs> yes. But it's good to 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 acknowledge that that's even possible to do. Right. I I like that. Oh, they're actually people. That that's a step forward for Star Wars. It was also a creative solution to how they would communicate because it would have been easy to just have them. Oh, they understand English. That's, but then how would you understand what they were saying? And it would be like this pantomime thing, and it wouldn't. But they, I love the the space sign language because it's like, actually, yeah, that would be a very useful thing to have in that galaxy because, like, not every species can make the same kinds of sounds. Like, you know, we can have things like with you know Han and Chewie where they just understand each other, and you don't need to question it. But you could also do something, you know, like this and just just something a little bit different. It was a great idea. And I have no reason to believe that wasn't Dave Filoni's idea. So that's that was really cool. And it seemed like a very that makes see that's that is world building. Right. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. What about so that, What about if right. they, the, the way they conversed was like the Mandalorian got a stick and like raised it above his head and yelled and then they did it back and then that was how the negotiation <laughs> went. And the cameras like they they just like rock rock the uh, the footage so it's like it's just raising the stick up once but then they're like forward and back. reverse it and play it forward and back forward and back forward and back so then they come along to a a Jew back with a uh, a bounty hunter getting dragged behind it bounty hunter tracking um Fennec Shand or the Mandalorian. Shand. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was that as well. I, I these um these two thousand nineteen Jewbacks, they're looking pretty good. It looked okay. Yeah. I mean it was I don't know. I I I like I like the the very western like detail of the like the person who died in the saddle so to speak and they're being dragged along by their horse, you know like that was a that was a cool thing to do. Um, I like that there was like some thought put into uh, how they get back. Like I don't understand why he was like, okay, we're going after this person, we got to bring him back alive. Get two speeder bikes. That was 
and then and then later on it's like well we can't just bring her back now because we only have two speeder bikes it's like this was all your idea dude like you should have thought ahead no they only had one speeder bike oh that's right because uh yeah okay my bad Ah. But even so with two with two how could they bring her back unless there's like is there like a like a little rumble seat in the back or i mean you just sort of to like hold on i thought that was great he's like we could just drag you that was so mean. <laughs> I kind of wish they would have done it just, just, just uh, like, just to make you wonder. Like, actually, is he such a good guy? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. And Emily, you didn't seem to take to the idea of dragging. I think it was a cool line. I think if you actually show that with your hero in Star Wars, that's probably not great. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's a bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> We'll add it. I'm sorry. To, we'll add it to the list. Um, yeah. Then, so we we sort of they they get into standoff with um, now with, with Fennec Shand, and there's like the high ground, which I I don't know. Some people found that like very abrupt that they mentioned the high ground. I just thought that was at like least a, they, at a, least a, they explained what the actual advantage of being on the high ground is, which is true. Yeah, if somebody's got to run up to hit you like to, to attack you and they can't actually reach you and you can reach them. Right. Mm-hmm. That is what that, it doesn't make any sense in the context that Ewan McGregor used it in. So it's like, this is, I, I thought that was like, it was interesting. It was kind of like when they use parsec correctly. Right. Yeah. Right. Now it's like, okay. Are you, yeah. A, a little tidbit that, um, that bounty hunter was actually an unused, um, costume for solo, which, uh, they they busted out the guy that designed the helmet. Um, made oh, yeah, a little tweet. Made a little yeah. tweet. Uh, then they wait till dark, and um, there's a little scene with the the Mandalorian still asleep. I actually thought this was gonna. I thought the Mandalorian wasn't in the suit. I thought yeah, the me same too. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that dude's taking a piss. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I, I sort of thought the plan was going to be that. That um, Toro was going to wear the Mandalorian suit and and be like a diversion oh. or something. I yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Is that am I, am I again stumbling into a better plot, uh, Robo, or worse plot? If his whole plan was to like trick that kid into thinking, oh, he's gonna like, I'm gonna let him take my armor because he's gonna like, he's gonna try and do something with it, and then he's gonna get killed. But then he wouldn't have his armor again, so and he could never put it on back on if somebody saw him. So, yeah, I don't know. I think there's there's like it seemed like he that 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 guy was really establishing that he was going to <laughs> I am going to betray you at my first opportunity and I did not understand why the the Mando went to go get the dewback instead of like why is he like listening to that kid all of a sudden? Like I'm just saying Ming-Na Wen looks like the kind of person who could kill him even with those cuffs on. Mm. And that's what I, I thought for sure that was what was going to happen. It's like, oh, she's going to like Jackie Chan him with those cuffs and like it's going to be over. The, and, um, uh, so I, I did like that twist, though. Does, does anyone find the night scenes like super night? Like it, I just find I don't know if all these fight scenes are in like in the dark during the episodes. I just I just can't see that much. Is that just me? Like every other fight scene Filoni has filmed for this show, it makes no visual sense. But it was very brief. 
what do you, I don't know, what do you, Hollis, maybe you, you understood it. <laughs> could you understand what they were doing to each other? Because I could not. Oh, between Phoenix Shand and the, what's his name again, Toro? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Hey, Hollis, you might have to just plug back in that thing that you did before. Hollis is passing through the magnetic field, people. Oh, no. Yeah, you My- just went really staticky. Passing through the magnetic field. There's a reference. That's Give cool. me a TV show. Oh, God. How you going now, Hawes? Does it sound any better? Yeah. Oh, a lot better. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Amazingly better. Um, then we get the, uh, the visually beautiful scene of uh, the suns rising on Tatooine with the, the two bounty hunters, um, Fennec tied up and Toro sitting uh, very casually backwards on the speeder bike. Uh, you've got to give credit to a, a, a lovely sort of uh, positioned shot like that. Um, and then they do the sort of wheeling and dealing of uh, Fennec sort of makes Toro realize that the best bounty is the Mandalorian. And um, he agrees and that results in him shooting her in the tummy little tummy ache. <laughs> um, now, uh, Emily, two questions. Do you think she's dead? And how did you feel about this development? I hope she's not dead. But, I mean, stomach wound and the way this show has been going through characters, I would just think she's dead. The very end of the episode makes me not entirely sure. But also, I don't know. I've had a bad week with Star Wars, and I don't trust them anymore. And if... Is, is, this, an, is this Oscar Isaac related? Well, well, yes, Mm -hmm. that is. Okay. But if they have Ming-Nawa and for a franchise that has not been great with representation, but is trending better slowly, if they just have her get killed off and have her character amount to nothing. I'm, I'm not happy. It seems kind of like also just a story, like a waste of, of effort for, by the story to set up the, Oh, you do not like, if you go after her, you're dead. And you like, you expect this to be like something more than like, she's really good at shooting people from on top of a sand dune. Like you, you expected, like they're gonna like they think they killed her, but now you've got like somebody who's really like you know she's got a grudge out for you now, and she's coming. You know, like that was what I thought was. I I do want to say, Emily, though, like were you afraid that she was going to like her plan was to seduce Zach Efron? Oh, that never even occurred to me. I thought for sure I was like, oh no, please don't. Wow, that didn't pop into my head. At all. I've just seen so many movies where that's exactly yeah. what would happen. Yeah, oh no, it's definitely, uh, especially with, like, the the terrible, like, Asian 
female assassin trope. Like that's something yes. you see a lot. So I can I can see why that popped into your head. Luckily, it did not pop into mine. I was really I was relieved, not because she was killed, but because of what they that they at least recognized that there was what they were doing. They were setting up something that was really obvious, and they didn't go with it. So, but yeah, I get, I get it. Like it's, it's, why do you even establish this character? Why do you, why do you put this, this actor in this role and get people's hopes built up and then shoot her in the belly? Although, as we know from Harvey Keitel and Reservoir Dogs, you don't, you, it hurts really bad, but it takes a really long time to die. Mm, I didn't like, I, I, I totally get where you're coming from, Emily. Particularly with the the Oscar Isaac thing, um, but I'm just just as the the devils or the Felonies advocate, and 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 I I, I like I am not I am not Team Feloni, like those those heli savers, and that those shark people still burn with me, but. Like, just say you're writing it and you've got, like, a bounty hunter that, like, I don't, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's it, like, it's, it's like, well, then do you make it a guy so then people don't get upset? Like, if you've got, if you've got, like, no use for them in a later episode. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. Like, I don't, like, I don't hate the idea of bringing in a character who, who was really could be really interesting and is played by a notable actor and killing them off. Cause I think that can actually be effective when shows do that. Mm. But <clears throat> it, if you, if, if Star Wars had a better track record with representation, then that's a different thing to have her just be killed off. Like if they had a long history of having Asian actors, actors, in their shows or like, well, obviously this is the first show, but in their movies and stuff. And then, Oh, well, I mean, not as much as I like the actress, she's just killed off. Cause that's what this character was. But when you don't have that, and then you bring in this character that people were getting really excited about because she's awesome. She's a great actress. This was like, and we knew she was going to be this cool assassin and so to do that and then just have her get shot in the stomach by this lame nobody jackass. Yeah, it's a schlub. It it doesn't feel great. I get you. I get you. Um, mm, Hawes, do you think she'll return? So... <clears throat> I was really surprised when they killed her off because I was the, under the assumption before this character got introduced that she would be somewhat of a reoccurring character. And that was all because of uh, that Anthony Bresnikan article mm-hmm. that came out in Variety where they sort of unveiled her character and stuff. And there was like a quote in there where she talks about how... Um, her story's going to evolve over time and you'll find out more about her backstory and stuff. Mm -hmm. So like when I, when I found out that she was in this episode, I was not expecting her to get killed. And that article makes it sound like she's going to come back. But I also realized I've said that about almost 
every character that's died in this show so far. Like, I think IG-11 is going to come back. You know, I think. Yeah, well, I can, you can obviously see, like, IG-11 coming back or IG-12, and it's, you know, it's just, like, same droid, different paint job or whatever. But, um, yeah, it, it seems hard to come back from a tummy blast, but... Um, yeah. It also seems like a whole day had passed. Maybe I'm misremembering this, but when uh, oh, Jingle right. Jangle shows up at the end, like it, it seems does. like she's been there for like 24 hours in a heap. It's really hard to believe that somebody could survive after that, like being exposed to the elements like that for Yeah. Then again, like this is a this is this is the guy who said, "Hey, you get cut in half and thrown down a pit, you can still survive that." I mean, it's cool. The um like I, I hope for people that were really looking forward to having her in the show that she comes back. But then my cold-hearted Star Wars nerd self says, "Hey, you got shot in the stomach, and you were there for a day, not moving. You'd like, but yeah. Um, but I, I sort of, I don't know, Emily. What, what do you think about? Um, I, I've seen a few tweets." Sort of saying that the Dave Filoni's like like sexist for portraying the character this way. How how do you sort of how does that click with you? Um, I I I don't I don't know about that one. Um, I I, I sort of feel I, like it's sorry. I, do, I, I, I oh no. Yeah, I I, I feel like, I get. <laughs> go ahead. Like it's naivety. Like, and you're processing it as sexism. Like, it's, or it's, I don't know. It's just not, you're putting too evil a label on it. Well, the problem is, it's not, it's not misogyny. It's not a hatred of women. I don't think it's a conscious thing on Dave. I don't think Dave Filoni hates women. I, I, I think it can still be sexist in a, in an unintentional way where you, you aren't, you aren't thinking about it and you should be thinking about it. And the fact that you're not thinking about it and seeing how it can come across that way and how you need to, to be better at how you represent women is in itself sexism and is a problem. But could we, I'm sorry, go, go ahead. Oh no, I go ahead. I was going to say, could you say it's like more like a product of a sort of institutionalized sexism? Not like, yeah, it's like, it's something that's, that is so expected. And so, uh, by the numbers, this kind of thing in, in, in the way like TV shows and movies are written that, people can can create this and not even realize what they've done. Yeah, I uh, and I I think you still need to talk about that and you still need to raise that when you see it. I I wouldn't like if I were talking to Dave Filoni, my my initial thing would not be super aggressive you're an asshole because I think if if you I I do think if you talk to Dave Filoni about this and be like, hey, can, can can you look at it like this? He would see what the problem is. And so it's this weird thing where. I, it, 
Well, the problem is you're having like when you when you say exactly what you mean out loud on a on a podcast, it makes perfect sense. And I don't think it's it would offend him to hear it this way, or, or I don't think it's going to get anybody's defenses up. I think it'll do the exact opposite. It'll 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 allow allow somebody to to look at it like that. When you try and do it on Twitter, where you, everybody is rewarded for going to the absolute most extreme you can get immediately. Then that's which is it, let's face it, that's what social media rewards you for doing that by like because that's what gets people's attention, gets all those little likes and gets that dopamine rush going. It's really hard to have this conversation in that format. Yeah, but also I I understand just being angry about it and I I understand because because they are just on Twitter. It's not like they're getting in Dave Filoni's face and screaming at him about it. I think it's okay to 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 vent that on Twitter. And I wouldn't I wouldn't. I don't think like, it's. I, I'm not I'm not judging anyone. I'm just saying like it's. I I've become increasingly disturbed by how Twitter takes people who have very. I think pure motives and really want to be helpful and, and, and just turns it into a something that cannot possibly help anybody except for the person saying it. I don't think that's what they intend. Just like, I don't think, you know what I mean? Like I am, it's more critical of the, 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 like, for example, you had something that you wanted to, you really felt strongly about and you wrote like a very detailed thing about it. it and, and people should check it out. Um, if you want to, I don't want to tell people what you did since, since you're here, but um, and no, for anybody who didn't like it's it's not even a bit. It was just a it was just um, uh, I wrote about the because we learned this week that uh, Finn and Poe definitely isn't going to happen in the movie in episode nine and. Uh, Sorry. That's all good. I, 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 just, I wrote about representation and. Because it's so matter of factly dismissed, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that's not how, how they're in a, the kind of the, the inability to see things, how other people might have been looking forward to that and, and feeling included by that. And then to have it just kind of like well yeah we're not doing that right now as if this is just another story detail it's like oh we're not going to tell that story today it, it feels dismissive the i'm sure the the real I, I don't know like the whole thing about it and now it's getting reported and like it sucks but like i'm all for alienating people out of Star Wars. <laughs> like, bring it on. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's enough people that are going to like it anyway for it to to do well enough that I get more Star Wars. But, like, you know, from a, an, like an evil executive point of view, when you see the responses to these articles, it's, oh, it it's such, like... Like, it does nothing to the story except just enriches it 
for like in a special way for people, but like the rest of the story is still there. But like some of the responses on the like when like on the Twitter posts of stories about it are just like vile and just well, it's yeah. it's well, so like there's this in insane thing where it's like, oh, well, Star Wars is for kids and Star Wars should be PG. And, it, and it's not just the Star Wars fandom. It is, it's it's an in general media that queer romance is innately sexual. Like, the, it's like right. oh, like the idea that if, like what we're, when, when people are talking about being disappointed about Finn and Poe not happening, is that we were wanting like a hardcore sex scene or something. But all we wanted was acknowledgement that they're in a relationship and like maybe a kiss and you can do that and still have it be PG. But some of these, the, the, the idea that, oh, and it's, it's always people like, oh, well, I'm not homophobic or anything. I just want like, you know, it's for kids. And so they shouldn't be having that at all. I'm like, but people kiss in Star Wars a lot. Like we had a brother and sister kiss, but I can't, I can't see two dudes kiss. Well, it, it, it's that weird thing of like, and and it sort of Robbo sort of said before about like the it's sort of just built in. People's like snap thing is like, well, kids can't see that because it's bad for them in some. What like, is, like, yeah, like, and, and like, if you keep if you follow that train of thought, it's like well, you inherently think that like like that. Like, you know, like queer lifestyle is bad and is a bad yeah. influence for kids. Like, it's when it, it's not like it's not like depicting tobacco smoking or alcohol drinking. <laughs> like, it's not. It, it it's it's just making them more broad minded, which is, I guess, in effect, a very dangerous thing for some people. But mm, it's um. Sorry, I've taken off. I've taken us way off Mandalorian topic. No, I, I did it, and it, it's my fault. I'm, I I I didn't realize that it was. I didn't want to trigger any nerves. I just I I was just trying to make a point about how that what you did was constructive, and I appreciated it. And oh, it helped, no, I, helps yeah. helps me understand as somebody who probably wouldn't. It, not so much that I'd be dismissive of it, but. I don't think it would affect me in the same way until I hear it from somebody who I, I know personally. Yeah. But the other, the other thing is, and it's something that, that, that comes up a lot is like minorities, how much responsibility they have to, educate somebody else because that's a big burden to put on somebody and so i i get the like obviously if you come out guns firing hostile yeah that doesn't accomplish anything but at the other hand like it's it's not my responsibility to try to reason somebody out of their their homophobia or their or their sexism or whatever i mean again this is more a a, an issue i have with just the the very concept of social media which i just feel like is taking our natural desire to be heard 
and to vent and and uh, be appreciated for just having opinions and being real people who who of course like feel strongly about things and sometimes you just want to say how you feel in that minute and I get it like that's I don't I don't think that's wrong I just don't it's it's a totally different thing it's like you're writing it on the bathroom wall now and it's it, it just has you have no control over it anymore and it's like I'm just I'm just sorry that people's like impulses are end up it just I don't like this whole concept of of how we carry out our our I don't like the idea that I don't like how I feel like my my opinions about things are manipulated by this stuff. And um, like, I feel like I have to say something just a little, I just have to turn up the heat just a little bit more on what I think to make sure that people pay attention. I know I've done it like I'm doing it probably on this show. <laughs> um, um, and I'm, it has nothing to do with this show. And I, I don't mean to. I, I definitely wasn't calling anybody out like I don't. I'm not that I'm not the not all men kind of guy. I, I don't do that. Like I, I, I get it. I don't <laughs> have any problem with people doing it. I just, I just feel like it's the net effect is, is unfortunate. Yeah. And I, I, I think like one of the, out of when the tweets that um Emily did that was sort of hit me was like, like, how do you deal with, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, how do you deal with, like, sort of loving something so much, that thing being Star Wars, and it kind of not acknowledging you exist in its content? Am I, it's, it's, <laughs> sorry, it's a really, it's hard, and I don't, I don't know how to reconcile it, and it's becoming... It's becoming harder to reconcile. And I mean, partially it is because it's so it's so frustrating because there have been several people involved in the creation of Star Wars being like, oh, it's definitely time to have LGBTQA like representation. But th- they're the people making it. And so if they don't <laughs> if they, they're not picking scripts off the script tree. So if they don't put it in, it's never going to be there. So this, I, I, if it's they, made me lose if, a lot of faith. If they wanted to put it in, or if they tried to put it in, and they get overruled, and by questioning that publicly, they could, you know, like I don't know what they do. Well, Oscar Isaac seems like he's like, I'm just bless saying, him. I'm just saying whatever because there was a big convention in Brazil. Or I think it was Brazil that CX something something that like there's there was Marvel and DC things at, but um you know so there it's like the the key cast in front of the big crowd and he's like where are my fin pose at and they're all like ah so it feels like he's like in a lot of interviews and stuff really kind of in, in between saying he's never going to be in Star Wars again. Um, <laughs> sort of laying that down, which is fine not to be like it's no diss on like it's not like a thing that you can go oh they, they you didn't like the movies or whatever it's like hey man how much do you want to be like some people they don't want to be an action figure for more than six years of their lives so yeah yeah 
but uh, I, the, I think what's what makes it frustrating for a lot of people, I'm guessing, is that like it's very clear, especially in The Force Awakens, that Finn is or, or, or Poe is attracted to Finn, like it, it not in like a like, oh, but I mean, Oscar Isaac said that's what he was doing, and yeah, like it's very clear, like he he thinks Finn is cute and he like likes him in a certain way and it to me it seems it always seemed like he didn't want to do something inappropriate and which is a weirdly like real world issue to have in star wars but it always seemed like the character was like holding himself back a little bit because they i guess they work together now (laughs) i don't know like you know who you who you fix up your the coat for and give it back to them is somebody you are a crush on interesting and it's it's like it's so like i say that i i love those two and i and i said this when i wrote about it which is this is not me being sad that this ship i liked didn't go anywhere because i'm i've i've shipped all sorts of things that don't go anywhere and i'm fine with it it's that this was a perfect opportunity like you could not have asked for a, a more naturally occurring opportunity like it it like it doesn't it doesn't feel forced at all it's not it's not out of nowhere uh, oscar has definitely been playing that way he's he's said that and came out and said that the reason it didn't happen is cuz people are afraid and i i John, I don't know quite what he thinks of it, but it's definitely played this stuff up too. And I, I don't think it was queer baiting the way the way some people accuse them of. Like I think he would have been fine if that had gone that way. And so to to not do it, it it feels different because it it seems like um. Like your purpose, it, it, I don't quite have to say it. it's like you're purposefully not doing something rather than just not doing something. Like you're 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 pulling back actually. Mm, like it was, it was there. It was set up, and then yeah. like you're not forcing it in or anything. It's like it's been the undertone the whole time. Yeah, and so to 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 to, to not actually acknowledge it, it, it just it. It, it hit me a lot harder mm. than I was expecting it to. I do have to say that from my point, doing the vision switching on here, watching you, Emily, who I, I adore, <laughs> tear up over this and have a heart-to-heart conversation with on the other screen, <laughs> naked skeletal lying down, was <laughs> like, Look, this is Skeletor showing his sensitive side. He's trying. Thank you, Internet. Thank you, Internet. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Like, just, I should never be anywhere near a conversation like this. This is. No, no. I I, I thought you were going to say, I should never be near a conversation. And I was like, yeah, I've I've, I've, I've had that feedback. Yeah, I mean, like, meaningful conversations about things that matter. This is really not my brand. Um, it is, isn't Robbo, but yet you shine through every time. So, the Mandalorian. Well, I, I, I do have to say, I've got it paused on um, the shot of him on the Jewback that replicates the 1977, like the, the Star Wars photo. And it, the whole time, it's like, it's like, 
Now's not the time to bring up this Jew back, but it does look pretty good. Hawes, come on, buddy. You've been quiet over there. <laughs> hey, man. I was taught when smarter people are discussing things, they know stuff way better than you. You just sit back and be quiet. Uh, I, I, I was talking through that lesson at school, obviously. <laughs> uh, boy, that, that Jew back looks neat. <laughs> It seriously does. Like, I, I've enjoyed, um, you know, so, like the hot toys have sort of been bringing stuff out rapid, like sort of in line a little bit with the, um, like the the episodes. But you you got to think they're missing, like, you got to get on that filmation masters of the universe tip and 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 make this a bit of a toy commercial like there should be you should be dropping an exclusive Jew back with Mandalorian at I don't know Spencer's gifts this week I'm just trying to come up with a uh, a shop but um that was pretty sick so then um he heads back to the uh the cantina there is a uh, another very dark sort of uh, gunfight that. Um, oh, he doesn't go to the canteen. He goes to the uh, the docking bay, and then there's just an awkward sort of. Um, he uses that flash charge again, shoots him in the head, and uh, what's done is done. I think that's pretty much everything that goes down in the episode. Except for Hawes. How do we wrap up? Uh, we see some feet and a cape walking through the desert. Uh, comes up to Fennec Shan's dead and or unconscious body. And uh, sort of bends down to check her out. What about the sound effects? Okay, so there's two sound effects featured. <laughs> In this clip, all right? And both of these sound effects have been heard before. Right when this, the feet and the cape show up, you hear a staticky, like, radio transmission scanning sound. And it was bugging me all day where I had heard this. And finally, someone sent me a clip of, and Robbo's going to love this, in the special editions uh, during the Jabba scene. When Boba Fett comes on screen and looks right at screen, almost breaks the fourth wall. No, totally breaks the fourth wall. Go ahead. It is that exact sound. You haven't got that on. You haven't got access to that sound at the moment, do you? I do not, unfortunately. Not to where you guys could probably hear it. I'll see. Why does he make a sound there? I, if you want, I think it's like the electronics in his helmet or his rangefinder. To be honest, it is always puzzled me what that noise is i just sort of accept it because i'm also accepting boba fett looking at a camera okay you don't have to you don't have to steal i'm just going to try come up with this um on my phone here did you hear that a little bit yeah i heard it yeah so that is Star Wars Special Edition, and then this via Hawes. Like, then you've got the, um, what a lot of people got onto was, because it was so weird, Hawes. When I heard that um, electronic noise, I was, I, I was the same. I was like, what 
where do I know that noise from? Um, Star Wars Special Edition. And then you've got the, what do they call that? The spur sound from when Boba Fett walks out on Empire Strikes Back for the, is it the dinner scene? Is that the where the sound effect's from? Well, they use it quite a bit when you say it. Like you, later when uh, Boba Fett and um, Vader are talking, I think you hear it briefly too. Um, but I, the most clear version I could find of it was the dinner scene from Empire Strikes Back. So um, you've got the Spurs. Now, when you guys, um, Emily, when, when you saw it, did, did you have, um, who did you jump to it being? Oh, I just immediately assumed it was going to be um, Moff Gideon, which is Giancarlo Esposito's character, which, I mean, he even, we know he has a cape. I mean, I know I'm very cape conscious, but we've seen that in <laughs> in the um, in the promo stuff that we shot yeah. of it. That we. <laughs> you, you, what, wait there! I, I just got to have a look at something before we continue. <laughs> I'm just I just got to go to Twitter here. Um, group chat. All right. This is Emily Lynn's Twitter profile. Geek, podcast fan, comedy lover, lousy writer of personal blurbs, co-host of Canto Bite Pod, He's Dead, Jim Pod, and How's Annie Pod? She, her. You can't, like, ditch some of this to fit in Cape Conscious. (laughs) Okay, I'll change it just for you. Yeah, like... I think you can get rid of lousy writer of personal blurbs if you add in Cape Conscious because that proves it okay. wrong. Uh, All right. Yeah. I, Cape Conscious is, um, you know, good old good old Mendo, you know. Hey, it's Emily Lind, that person who raises awareness of capes. <laughs> <laughs> but also, now, when I think about the... Um, burn them out clip that we got of him. I think that might take place on Tatooine. It looks like Tatooine building there. Uh, Like also, I just like wasn't thinking about Boba Fett. Now, like the one thing that makes me go, okay, maybe it's not is I I don't know why you would play that as a mystery. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't just show him. Right. The Moff Gideon, you mean? Yes. And look, like my rational brain wants to go, yeah, it's not Boba Fett. It's probably a guy we know is coming later in the series, right? right? Okay. Or- so so it, it could be the Moth. Um, right. I, I've heard people say Cad Bane, which I, I'm not a Cad Bane guy. I... I love Cad Bane. Oh, really? It doesn't... I don't, does want, it- him to, I don't want him to be on the show, but I, I love how absolutely ridiculous that character is so i watched a youtube supercut of all of cad bane scenes in the interest of research and was having a hard time finding any reference like sound reference to him making that beautiful jingle jangle sound all right so this is my deduction so i i i kind of feel like it's unquestionable that those sounds are too coincidental, that you've got the digital sound that, that, 
and the spur sound. Can Robo, you, 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 this is your forte. Can can you agree with me on that? I I don't know how you're supposed to conclude anything else because nobody else makes the spur sound. Okay, great. So right, and there's even I, I've been trying to find this the last two days. There is an interview with Ben Burt. I don't know if it was part of a video documentary or like maybe the audio commentary for Empire Strikes Back where he goes into detail of, like, choosing that sound specifically for Boba Fett. Hoz, you are dropping a lot of hints that you've had a big couple of days researching this. <laughs> Cad Bane Supercut. What? Buddy, I have looked... Like, how many times did I text you yesterday about this? Like, yes, I've spent <laughs> hours researching this. you got to rule out every other possibility, I think. i, I got to say... As much as I, I, I want Moff Gideon, and, and no offense, Oz, I don't really care about Boba Fett. If it's not Boba Fett, it is an absolute asshole move. That, I, that, that, is my, that is my point. It's either you've got two choices. It's either it's Boba Fett or you're a dick. Like, yeah. Like you, what if, like, like you are, it can be both, Steel. What if it's Boba <laughs> Fett? And what if it's Boba Fett? And it never comes up again. <laughs> Why would you do that to me? Ron? That is some like David because Lynch if you're, style. If this is the way that, the, hey, every other reference doesn't seem to make have any relationship to the All rest right. of the show. Why not just throw in, hey, Boba Fett's here too. Maybe he's alive, but we don't know. It's not, it's, it's not what we're going to be talking about on this show. We got three more episodes and we still haven't explained how the tracking things work. Oh, that's not getting explained. Um, my theory is, or my hope, because if it's not Boba Fett, it's so like, it's like, oh, we, we fooled you fans. <laughs> you, you know, like, it's, it's so uncool. But I think it's Boba Fett. I, I sort of think maybe Baby Yoda could get wrapped up by the end of the show, end of the season, and then there'll be something... Like, like Boba Fett is like got a lot to do with next season. That, that it's it's just a wild theory, but I don't think we're going to get any more sort of a lot of Boba Fett. But the same, I don't know if it was the sound effects or what, but just when he walked up, I I was saying to Hawes yesterday, the day before, I'm like, I felt like my Boba Fett Kenner action figure was walking up, and I just got this weird vibe, but. If it's not Boba Fett, total dick move. Yeah, why did they put the spur sound so high in the sound mix? That's like, it's never supposed to be that loud. It's not like these... No, and in fact, like, I went to pull, you know, the audio from all these clips to play on Blue Harvest. And yeah. you, you really had to crank up the sound to get a good, yeah. like, clean version of the Spurs and Empire Strikes Back. It's, it's supposed to be a subliminal thing. It's not supposed to be something you notice when you're watching that movie. It's supposed to be a thing that like communicates to you, oh, this is the man with no name here. And that's what also, by the way, the original voice actor who did the, the real voice, he patterned his few line readings off of Clint Eastwood for that reason. Like he wanted to make it just a little bit like that because he understood that that's what they were doing. They're just trying to kind of subliminally hint to the audience. That's the kind of guy this is. That's why you should be scared because you know, from 
this other character that he 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 would be competent in in deadly and uh i don't yeah when you put it all that way up high in the mix and then have that ridiculous what is what is that again it sounds I, like I, it sounds like the sound in every star wars rpg when you start up like a hologram message or something right and and i honestly i don't know this for sure but i just assume it's like you know the sound his helmet makes when he's scanning for something, or is it also the sound of the bounty pucks when they fire up the gratuitous hologram on those things? Mm, no, nah, it doesn't sort it of have that. It might not be because it's got sort of more of a, I don't know, cosmic energy. No, a... yeah, the, the bounty have like more of a, a hum to them too. You know, like I don't know if that makes sense, but um, yeah, that, yeah, okay. So I just thought maybe like that was supposed to be the sound of somebody checking, like confirming the identity of the body by looking at the hologram. Mm. But no, it's probably just a callback to that stupid scene. I mean, I think that's exactly what it's supposed to be. If that's his helmet gear, is he like trying to figure out who's behind the camera? Like, what is he doing? Are you ranting about Star Wars special edition now, Robo? I hate it so much. (laughs) Jabba literally just okay. Nah, ta 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 and score out of 10. Look, I don't know. Like it's not, it's not terrible television. Okay. It's just really lazy star Wars. Once again, it's not as good as his first episode. Um, I don't know why it's there. And what's great about it is now Mandalorian's a seven episode series. <laughs> you don't need to watch this. It does nothing. <laughs> Oh, but when Boba Fett comes back, oh, yeah. it'll actually be a surprise. It'll be like, whoa, didn't <laughs> see that coming. They didn't spoil that. God, they didn't, they didn't hint at that at all. Wow. How it's the- like a post credit scene that's at the very end of the movie <laughs> to just integrate into the movie. Yeah, that's exactly no, 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 no. It's a TV show. That's <laughs> what happened when in the 80s when you watch TV. At the end, there'd be something to like make you want to watch the next week. It's, well, it's not, you can't like, oh, it's the post credits scene without the credits. It's like, no, that's how TV shows work. If, if also, he comes back. But yes. Robert, most people aren't Hawes watching Cad Bane supercuts to make sure that sound doesn't appear anywhere else. Most people watching this show are going, oh, I wonder who this guy is. And that, so then if it is Boba Fett, the surprise isn't ruined for them. The surprise is only ruined if you're a crazy person like us. Hawes, what if it turns out this is fake out among fake outs and it's Jodo cast, the bootleg <laughs> Boba Fett oh. from the RPG. Oh goodness. Jodo cast. Now that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> long time. Long time. And uh, what, what's your score out of 10, Robbo? <sighs> five. Sweet five. Emma Lind, final thoughts and score. Um, this is the first episode that I've only watched once. That dude, Plant and Toro, is not good. Um, 
Amy Sedaris gets a 10. <laughs> Agreed. I want her to have a show where she just is with Baby Yoda Yo- and talking to him. Yoju, if you will. No, no, no. I decided I'm not going to be nice to you about that anyway. I hate it. But this episode, yeah, I think I, I got to go with the, like a five or a four. Oh. Out, Robo, Robo. I... Yeah, I feel... Feel raboed. <laughs> I like that as a verb. Pause. Uh, I am going to give it an eight, with the provision that I probably would not have rated it that high if it weren't for this the teaser thing at the end. If it's not Boba Fett, what is the rating of this episode? I have. I've got to go home and rethink my life. <laughs> you're already you're already at home, horse. Uh, I got to go to another home and think. <laughs> I've got to move. Because <laughs> I was very excited. Like, because I'm I'm a fool and I work from home on Fridays. I stayed up and watched the movie as soon as it popped up on or the episode as soon as it popped up on Xbox. And then for like an hour after that, poor Jesse had to hear all my conspiracy. I was like, <laughs> did you wake her up? No, Jesse, she watched Jesse. it with me. No, 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 no. She stayed up and watched it with me. And she was like, yeah, I think you're probably right. And I was like, but listen, do you hear the spurs? Listen. This is after she, after she told you you were probably right. You had to say. Yes. Yeah, it was. And then, of course, I don't fall asleep until like 4.30 in the morning because – it's like Christmas Eve. Yeah, but in the, but but, but to Jesse, this is just another conversation. Yes, you're probably right. This is going to be Boba Fett this time. Like <laughs> this is a, yeah. a, a like. I feel like you could be right, but I feel like you've had this conversation in vain twenty seven other times. Well, not so much. This is Boba Fett. Like the conversation she's had to hear is. You know they're going to do a Boba Fett movie, right? That's going to happen. <laughs> like when Disney bought it and they were like, oh, we're going to do spinoffs. I was like, you know what the first one's going to be, right? First spinoff's going to be Boba Fett. <laughs> and I was like, oh, who's this Josh Trank guy? He seems like a guy that's got a lot of self-control. Let's get him on Boba <laughs> God, Naked Skeletor approves of that one. <laughs> All right, eight. I um <clears throat> my first watch I just had so much fun. I was just like it was just 12 year old me. I was giddy. It was it it was so it was such a vulgar display of references that I I I got caught up in the magic and I um I don't want like I feel like for a middle of the season episode it was it was fine. I I feel like for its place, it was um, it was pretty good. Um, like it sort of fit that thing. And now, next three episodes, like let's let's wrap up whatever this story is. Um, <laughs> oh, burn! But considering it's the fourth last episode, so it didn't have to do that much in in my thinking. I, I did give it a ten on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to give it a nine, just purely for the joy it gave me. So 
I um Is that your highest rating so far? It is my highest rating so far, which is um yeah, it's been it's been very disagreed with. Actually, I should look up my little um I did a a poll. Um episode 5 of The Mandalorian was uh and 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 everyone tell me what what you would have picked. Um, at 11%, we had the best. I picked that one. 58% chose a good app. Where are you at, Hawes? You've got to be one of those two, surely. Oh, I did the best. Okay. You, you posted that after I then called you and spewed cons- Star Wars conspiracy theories for okay. 30 minutes. Okay. Which was like, what, 3.30 in the morning? No, this was I I waited like I almost started texting people at three in the morning, like when it happened, I was like, no, not everybody's staying up like, you know, be a normal person. I'll wait till tomorrow afternoon. So I probably texted Steele about 12 his time the next day, like noonish. Yeah, it felt like it was mid morning. But you got me halfway through it, so it was perfect. Um, so, yeah, the best we had 11%. 58% said a good app, which surprised me because I, I was seeing a lot of feedback dissing it. So, it sort of does prove that, like, you know, you, you sort of focus on that, the, the vocal, um, you know, dis, dislike of it. Uh, 23% said just okay. And 8% said, really, not my thing. And so, me. So, yeah. Yeah, so far, we've got about 1,200 votes on that bad boy. Oh, wow. What, um, wh- wh- where would you be clicking, Emily? Oh, I clicked on the last one. Really, not my I, thing. Okay. I think the 8% was me and you. Yeah. That's mathematically not correct, but. I actually, I, I, I like, by how many people were seemingly angry at me for enjoying it. I, I was very surprised. Only 8% clicked really not my thing. I thought it was going to be far tighter. Well, I think if people think it's a good episode, they don't reply to you when you say you think it's a great episode. Yeah, I know I had um, a lot of people come and like, I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. I enjoyed it. So um, the Star Wars Minutes guys, they both liked it a lot. Which I was surprised because I thought at least one of them, maybe Pete, would like would be down on it because I don't know. I'm just saying if you like this episode, you are not allowed to complain about the Ponda Baba cameo ever again for the rest <laughs> of your life. <laughs> I've seen Star Wars tattoos with fewer references than this episode. Just for one ep. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, the entire app. Okay. All right, Robbo. Where can the good people of the internet track you down? Uh, I've got a podcast. Uh, I do a, a video game podcast called Hardcore Gaming 101. And uh, I'm also on Twitter at GC9X. Nice. Emily Lind, I, I hear you're going to have a um, – it's, it's a very special episode of the Canto Byte Dispatch coming up this weekend. Yeah, it is. It's extremely special. We have a long-awaited voicemail from somebody who I thought was never actually going to get off their butt and send it into us after promising it to us for I think three months. So uh, that'll be interesting. 
Okay, so you're watching The Mandalorian, right? And uh-huh. and Baby Yoda, Yoju, if you will. He no. he's um <laughs> like he's off crawling off into the jungle doing his thing okay. and and the and the Mandalorian's just sending like a voicemail to his friend. Like would you go, "Oh, well-parented Mandalorian." Here's the thing, Steel, is I follow you on Twitter. So I see the amount that you Anyway, that's all the so- time we've got for. So <laughs> This was like in uh, this was like in the Last Jedi when Raya's like, I've seen what you do. <laughs> you are not busy. Anyway, the Canto Bite Dispatch. It is some, it is apart from this week one of my favorite podcasts. So uh, check that out, yeah. and hopefully it will return to form uh, on the, on the next episode. Be a bit more bit more positive. About me. Tell you what, when you learned how to spell it, then I'll be nicer to you. Canto Bite Dispatch? Spell bite for me. I'm not sure if it's chompy yeah. or, or like a an Apple <laughs> product. Okay. All right. It's not a diss on you. It's just, I'm. I know. Okay. I know. Anyway, you can follow us at Canto Bite Pod on Twitter and you can follow me at EF Lind on Twitter. And if you're looking for that, that is. A- K-A-N. See what I did? Mm-hmm. Burker, you yes, sir. produce the very easy-to-spell Blue Harvest podcast. Tell us all about it. Uh, well, you can find us on you know iTunes, wherever you get podcasts. You can find us at Blue Harvest Pod on Twitter. And, you know, if you... Uh, if you really want to, you can also can also look up Rogue One, which I also do with Johnny Grasso and Mike Pappas. Delightful. <laughs> and you're Blue Harvest on Twitter. And uh, thanks so much, you guys, for joining us. Um, only three more reps to go, which is we're really going to burn through some Star Wars for the last few weeks of the year. So... I, I can't wait. All all eyes are going to be on those resistance episodes. I think. Huh? Nah. Okay. <laughs> Very funny joke. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thanks so much for listening or watching. Uh, please share, hit like, thumbs up, do us a comment, interact. I'm here to interact. I need disruptions from me contributing to Emily Lynn's podcast. So help me out and uh, do that. And may that force be with you. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage Shopify is there to help you grow Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.